Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free to be effective wherever God has called them. So when pastors and churches feel stuck, Flourish's team refreshes their hope in the gospel and helps them clarify their strategy. I'm the host of the Church Renewal Podcast, Alan Edwards, and today we're going to talk about prayer and church renewal. Church leaders intentionally seeking to renew and refresh their church must be in prayer and a renewed church will experience a new urgency and freshness in their prayer life as a congregation. But how do we get there? Have you had any success or struggle in renewing your church's commitment to prayer? We'd love to hear about it. So please hit us up on Twitter at Flourish Coach One. That's Flourish Coach in the number one, or on Facebook at Flourish Coaching, or find us on the web at flourishcoaching.org. Our executive director, Matt Bowling, joins us today to talk about a renewed sense of prayer and a, a renewed joy in prayer. So come on, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church through prayer. All right, like we said earlier, we're going to be talking about prayer today on the Church Renewal Podcast, and I've got Matt Bowling, Executive Director of Flourish, with me. Matt, when we talk about what is church renewal, we say that it's a process by which a person or a congregation experiences a new prayerfulness. That's a piece of the puzzle. When we say a new prayerfulness, what do we mean by that? I think that as Christians, we sort of end up making rote, making prayer sort of a rote thing. Uh, we pray before meals. We pray in our church services. Um, maybe if we're an elder or a pastor, we pray with people who have particular prayer needs. Maybe we pray with our kids before they go to bed or our spouse over specified things. We've got a prayer list that somehow our church provides for us over email or Facebook or in the bulletin or whatever. And so we pray over these things that are typical sorts of church things to pray over. If we pray, we tend to pray over those things. That's those a big are, if. Those are great things. Yeah, they're great things, but that's also a big if for a lot of Christians. It, is, it could be a big if. Um, I think that there are two areas where I see um, prayer uh, could grow a lot in churches that need renewal. Um, one is that Christians, and by and large it's Christians because their pastors and their elders also don't have this habit. They don't have a habit that I have come to call long-form prayer. We'll probably return to this at some point, mm -hmm. maybe do a whole podcast on it. Sure, but, yeah. um, but a long-form prayer is the, the, that you take enough time for praying that you get done with all the things you have to pray about. Mm. And then you begin to pray. It's not as though those things that you had to pray about were unimportant. They are important. They're good things to pray for. But it's usually for most of us until we've exhausted all of those things that I would call um, transactional prayers. Transactional prayers are good. There's nothing wrong with them. What's a they transactional prayer? Um, help, help. Father, help Alan as he uh, spends time with his friend, his pastor friend, RJ, um, to have a good conversation because RJ is really struggling. So a very specific. It's very specific. It's a very or... focused. It's a present need. It's a good prayer. It honors the Lord. It's good to pray. It is very different than, Lord, I feel lost. I can't find up. I feel like you've left me alone. Mm. I feel like I don't have any direction in life. I don't want to love my kids. 
I hate my job. Um, I love my wife, but she frustrates me. I just, I just have this load I'm carrying around and I don't know what to do with it. Um, long form prayer takes much more, uh, learns much more from the two thirds of the Psalms that are laments. Mm. Um, long form prayer takes much more the form of Paul's prayers for Christians and churches. Um, they're heartfelt. They're, um, they're passionate. Um, they're focused, but not focused on something so narrow. They're more focused on, Lord, open the eyes of my heart that I might get the height and depth and breadth and length of your love because I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Mm. And so they're the kinds of, of honest prayers for ourselves and for others that we, frankly, we just, we hesitate to, to give. And um, we should. Sure. So there's, there's another prayer. prayer. There's another, sure, kind, another yeah. kind too, which is um, praying um, in, in some depth for people that don't know Jesus. Well, and that's what I was just going to ask. In a previous podcast, you talked about the 10 fingers, make room for three unbelievers, unbelievers who you have real friendships with. And you've talked about praying, getting, getting our churches in small groups or in appropriate contexts to actually pray together for people who don't know Jesus and pray for them by name together and expect that Jesus is going to work through that means of grace. Right. Um, it sounds like the other piece here then is an urgency in our prayer for, for the lost. Yes, absolutely. So I think that the, the, when, when does people's praying change it? it change people's praying changes when they become sick of the way that it is right now. When the way their life is right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just that they're they're disgusted with their praying and so they want it to be quite different than it's been. Mm -hmm. um, but when they look at the content of that praying, um, it's different in the long form praying like I was just talking about. I think it's also different in that we, um, yeah, we pray for individual people that we've come to know by name and we do it together with our Christian friends because we are, we find ourselves, we own that ourselves that we're utterly dependent. That we ourselves will not be motivated to um, spend time with people that don't know Jesus because it's difficult unless we pray in dependence upon the Lord to give us hearts mm -hmm. that beat like his. Um, that we're dependent upon the Lord for him to provide opportunities and words and wisdom um, and openness on the part of people that we would talk to. Um, that the Lord would open their hearts to to believe. And is this, this is also... I feel like what you're describing is also prayer with expectation. I, I know a lot of Christians who are skeptical, particularly in in the Reformed and even Reformed community in particular, who are skeptical of new methods and means of trying to, uh, I don't want to say con people into the gospel, but, you know, just sure. church growth strategies, maybe. Yeah. And and I, I, I get that skepticism. But what I hear you describing, even even the most crunchy and conservative of our brothers in our denomination, the PCA, we believe that one of the ways people experience the benefits of their redemption is through prayer. Absolutely. So prayer that is urgent, prayer that is expectant, prayer that is long form. Are there other ways you would describe the kind of prayer that really renews a congregation and renews a person? 
Yeah, I think when you change the subjects of prayer, okay, it helps renew a congregation. So when we pray for ourselves, great, useful, helpful. Pray for the hurting in our midst, good, useful, helpful. Pray for our country, our leaders, whatever, good, useful, helpful. Commanded by God, even. Commanded by God. But when you begin to pray for people that don't know Jesus, and you do it consistently, and it's expected that that's how this church rolls, mm-hmm. you've begun that orient that movement where you're more oriented outward towards people. And so it's a facet of that outwardness, of that evangelistic spirit, of that evangelistic heart, um, that we, yeah, that that's part of what we spend our time on, is that we pray for people because we can't open their hearts. And we pray for ourselves, but in a different way, not just... Help me bear up. Help me get through the teenage years, mm-hmm. right? Not not simply prayers, like good prayers, not bad prayers, good prayers to pray like that. You feel like we have to caveat that and say the, the typical way we pray isn't wrong or bad. It's just, it's less than sufficient. There is something more and better for us. Jesus invites us into deeper prayer. Absolutely. So if you look at Paul's prayers for people, and you look at how Paul asks people to pray for him in mm-hmm. his letters. Can you give an example? It's, or is there anything like off the top of your head? Yeah. So I think when when Paul prays that people, so the prayer that I mentioned a little bit earlier, the height and breadth and depth and length of love. Yeah. When's the last time you prayed that for yourself? Mm. I can't remember the last time I prayed that for myself. But that's the kind of prayer where God can really get into the recesses of my heart. So that I sense his love, so that I get his love away. Mm-hmm. So that's part of my own transformation. But then when I take that prayer and I go, oh, but John that I work with, holy cow, Lord, how different would his life be? Yeah. If you could use me in his life in a way to speak the gospel of the, your love to him in a way that he came to understand the height and breadth and depth and length of your love. That would be beautiful. When you have a church where people pray like that, it's all different. Yeah. What are what are the artifacts? If I'm if I am leading a congregation or I'm a member of a congregation and I want to diagnose and say, here's here's what our prayer life as a church is like today. What are some of the diagnostic questions I might ask myself about the ways in which we commune with God in prayer? So I think that um one thing would be what are the things that you guys pray about. And particularly, I'm not thinking about the things you pray about on Sunday morning, because a lot of this praying is going to be too personal and intimate to do on Sunday morning. Okay. So what's the way that you pray when you're in smaller groupings? What's it look like when you pray as a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study or as a small group? Or if your church has a prayer meeting, what is it? What is the balance of the praying taken up with? If the balance of the praying is taken up with our own internal needs, um, world missions, um, you know, uh, uh, civil government, if the balance of all of that is consumed with those kinds of things, that tells you something, right? Because it what it evidences is that that we we don't have that. We talked to earlier podcast about a sense of place that we we haven't recaptured that sense of place that we're a missionary outpost here. So if we were a bunch of missionaries dropped, if we were a missionary team dropped in this community, how would our praying be different? Maybe that's a way to diagnose diagnose it, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so if we were a missionary team that were dropped in this community, getting to know this community and their needs and their hurts and their 
their fears and their desires right, how would we pray differently? That's that's more the kind of praying you want to be the balance yeah. of your your prayer meetings. And I think that missionary model is a good one because when you think about the ways missionaries even communicate about prayer, what does a missionary do? He goes onto the field and then goes to the support team behind him and says, here are my desperate needs. Please give help and pray for these situations in particular. And, and you know, not, not everyone in our pews is going to be having gospel conversations with their unbelieving neighbor every day. Right. There are people who by providence sure. are just not, not able. Right. But if I'm coming back to, you know, my dear sister in the Lord, who's in her mid nineties, uh, who is shut in, in her own home and saying, dear sister, please pray for Frank, Joe and Bob, because I'm really trying to move past basic conversations with them to, really talk to them about Jesus. That's me acting as a missionary and asking my dear sister in the Lord to pray like a missionary with me for real named people here. So yes, absolutely. And, and uh, I'm reminded of um, John Piper's definition of prayer and his distinction between um, is prayer um, an intercom between the living room and the kitchen and us asking for more chips during the game or is prayer a wartime walkie talkie. Mm, beautiful. Speaking of Piper, let's talk about influences. Um, I know Keller's got a great book on prayer. I took one of my small groups through it uh, at the church I pastored. Yeah. It was very interesting. Uh, everyone in the small group, the, after me, the youngest person was 72. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's we had great. a great season walking through that book on prayer together. Um, are there other articles, books, videos, people who have really, influence the way you're thinking about prayer um that you would you know if i if i want to if i want to see a renewal of prayerfulness in my church that i should you know leverage make use of yeah so there's some there's some uh, older resources that i think they're somewhat available from archie parish who promulgated an idea this would be some time ago but he promulgated the idea of kingdom prayer which i think is is um is still very, very valuable. And we'll see if we can still find some of those resources and link you to it. A newer movement that I would say um, with prayer that that I find very, very helpful um, is a prayer current that's run by a guy named John Smed. And um, it's very, very useful. Um, he teaches a, a way of praying for people that that uses the, the Lord's Prayer as a model, as sort of a place to click. Um, and then like a hyperlink, it sort of leads you into different emphases in praying. I think that's very, very useful because it's it's both, you know, God's glory and our need and also the kingdom all yeah. in one prayer. It was a model prayer for a reason. Yeah. yeah. I haven't um, accessed this resource, but my wife has. And we're planning to go to a seminar with um, the ministry See Jesus. Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life, uh, has been recommended to me multiple avenues. Um, and then also... You know, I know it it's, might sound like I'm going backwards. We were talking about long firm versus transactional or rote. Sure. But that little book of uh, prayers that were derived from Puritan prayers, the um, Valley of Vision. Oh, yeah. Just as a starting place. Absolutely. I, I, you know, read a, a phrase or a, a, a section of Valley of Vision and then just stop to meditate on that. That can be another way to help spur on long form prayer. But I've heard Miller's book is a great way to, Absolutely. to engage. I think that one of the things um, that I'm earnest about for, for Christians, for leaders, for pastors, 
is that we build um, prayer time into our schedules. And we say, if, if, <laughs> if Jesus is right, <laughs> that apart from me, you can do nothing. The way that we evidence that we believe that is by our praying, by our desperate prayers. Say, say we, that one more time. If so Jesus is right. If Jesus is right, that apart from me, you can do nothing. One of the ways that we evidence that we believe that's true is by our prioritizing of prayer, mm. our placing it in our daily lives in a way where we actually functionally depend upon Jesus to work through us. Yeah. Um, and that it, it shows up. You can see it in our schedules. Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for giving us that closing thought on uh, whether or not we actually believe Jesus is right. <laughs> um, and we'd like to hear from you, our listeners. Uh, you've been tuning in to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Um, do you believe that Jesus is right? That we uh, need to demonstrate our dependence on him by the way that we pray? Are you hoping to see a prayerfulness renewed in your congregation? How are you trying to achieve that? Or how are you struggling? Reach out to us. You can get our executive director, Matt at flourishcoaching.org uh, by email or me, your host, uh, Alan at flourishcoaching.org. Follow us on Twitter at flourishcoach1. That's flourishcoach in the number one or search us on Facebook, Flourish Coaching. Uh, we love to have your thoughts and your interactions as we continue this conversation. Thanks for listening to the Church Renewal Podcast. There is only one fully sufficient reason that today dawned. Jesus is still gathering his people and he's using his church to do it. So please join us as we pray and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. <laughs>